Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Matt Lorenek and Jamie Edmonds. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Memorial Day edition of the WJR Sportsbook. Alongside Jamie Edmonds, I'm Matt Lorenek. What's in, up? In for Steve Courtney, which is a little weird. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Thanks for hanging out with me on a holiday. Some of us are working on a Some holiday. Some of us are. <laughs> and like we talked about before, the tens and tens of people that are out there listening. Hey, they could in. have their radios on on their boats they and their barbecues. They better. I texted my friends in Florida and said, I know you get WJR down there. My dad in Pittsburgh listens on an app. See? So. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. But again, Memorial Day, happy to be spending it with everybody out there. And there's huge celebrations happening all across the state because the Tigers won a series. I mean. <laughs> right? Finally. Finally. It has been a rough go. Yes. And we have talked about this on this very show that I was so hopeful when I traveled to Florida for spring training. Mm-hmm. They had all these additions. This shortstop was supposed to be fire. Yeah. They had a brand new starter. I mean, it was supposed to be better than this. Now, I know they've been ravaged by injuries, mm-hmm. but also it's been really bad. It's been way worse <laughs> than I think anybody could have even expected. Yes. Because as you said, there's sort of always been that lingering fear of, I don't want to buy too much into the Tigers because I don't want to get hurt again. Right. And I think a lot of people bought in big time this year. Yeah. I mean, if you went to our my other job website, click on Detroit.com, mm-hmm. there's an article about how excited I was. Yeah. I kind of feel silly now. But you know what? There are some signs that things could turn around. Yeah. Scope was good today. He was. We need his bat to be hotter. Yes. Uh, Riley Green mm-hmm. is back in Toledo. Which is exciting. Which means he could be back in Detroit soon. Yes. Tyler Alexander might return soon. Yeah. So... Again, positives. There's my positive on a holiday for you. And I like it. And excitement, too, with Cody Clemens. Yes. Someone who is being, again, in the, you know, he's on the roster now. So Mm -hmm. he does have a potential to start. And they're thinking it's going to be potentially the second game of the doubleheader tomorrow. I hear dad's trying to fly in. I've heard that, too. So Roger Clemens sighting coming to Comerica Park. Let's go find him. <laughs> right? Hopefully his flight isn't canceled as that's another issue and going on right now. that's part of what the story that I was reading has been saying is that he's he's had such a hard time finding a way to actually get here. Right. But you're right. Some excitement now starting to swirl with this team. Will it be enough to make a push late to get something done? I mean, it's hard to start talking postseason baseball. It's still oh my God. a long ways away. But I would even say maybe not excitement optimism yes not pessimism yes (laughs) so that's something i like that and i like the idea of changing the mindset to being optimistic that yes we might not make the playoffs but will we end in a way that gives you hope for what is to come next year and you know obviously these guys that we had acquired in the offseason and all the changes that they made they're all things that are sticking around for a while i mean you you can blame Alavila, but also you can't. He added pieces that were supposed to be good. Javier Baez, in all that money, he's supposed to be a little bit better than he has yeah. been. And when he finally hit that home run, you're starting to see, okay, maybe he's going to get it all back. Mm-hmm. And then um, the starting pitcher, he has had a rough go. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like Alavila, just like um, his predecessor when they were trying mm-hmm. to add closers. Right. You add the people you think are going to do it, and then they come here. They're still human beings. Right. 
And I think that's a great thing to remember, and that's always something as sports fans that we need to check ourselves with. Yes, they're supposed to be much better, but because they're not doesn't mean they're not good players and doesn't right. mean that they won't get those things back. And right. it doesn't mean that A.J. Hinge is a bad manager. It, it, all those things that are happening, they're, they're all just unfortunately happening at the same time. <laughs> Which is just really bad luck. Yeah. Hinch is a great manager. Yes. And we saw that with the talent he had last year. Mm-hmm. My hope is he sticks around. Yes. Wait it out with us, please. Yeah. I agree. That's the scariest part is that he's been taking so much heat and that he's in this space of this is not what this was supposed to be like. I don't want him to do what you just said and get scared and say, nope, I got to go. I mean, so he had his scandal, whatever you want to call it. Right. He came here, Tigers gave him a chance, and I hope he sticks around for the good times. Yeah, there's bound to be good times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're soon. They're coming soon. You know who says that? Lions fans. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're looking at one, so yeah. that's probably why I say that. But there's been even more excitement in baseball that I think is probably the mo- one of the most exciting stories in all of sports. I, okay, currently. here we go. Yeah. Here we go. This is where we're going. Okay. Because we could only spend so much time talking about the Tigers. Right. But if you haven't followed the Tommy Pham and the Jock Peterson fight, I guess you can't even really call it a fight, altercation. Just in case people don't know, why don't you give them the nuts and bolts uh, highlight? So essentially what ends up happening is before the Cincinnati Reds were playing the San Francisco Giants, there was an issue out in the outfield. And Giants are warming up. Right. Giants are warming up, and there is just one lone camera from basically home plate looking out into the field, and all you see is these two have an interaction. Jock Pedersen and, like I said, Tommy Pham. Tommy runs out, starts talking, and all of a sudden you see a slap come across the face. Right. And... At first, you're kind of like, wait, is this going to be a bigger fight? People start to run out like this is going to turn into a brawl. And that's all it was. And so it turns out after the game, when the media is interviewing everybody through this, we find out from Jock that this was over fantasy football. Yes. A discrepancy about waiver wire, a discrepancy about putting someone on the IR or not. Money. Correct. My understanding was they were in this fantasy group chat, mm-hmm. and it was when Fam, yes, Fam was on the Padres. Yes, and there were other Padres players, and they were all in this team together uh, in a fantasy, on this league, fantasy together. league together. Yes, the Padres were not playing well. Jock Pedersen sends a, a GIF or a meme or something making mm-hmm. fun of them and how they're not doing well. Mm-hmm. Which in fantasy football, hello, have you seen the show The League? This is what you do. Yes. You make fun of each other. Yeah. You, you, you do the joking, mm-hmm. and it's all in good fun. Tommy Fan did not like that. No. So a year later, <laughs> he sees his buddy, yep. former buddy, mm-hmm. on the field and goes up to him and slaps him. <laughs> I just... It's the quintessential story of guys having beef over something ridiculous. I was just going to say, this is a guy thing. Oh, it's absolutely (laughs) a guy thing, Jamie. You are 100% right. This is the most guy thing maybe ever. What I really like is the in-depth reporting afterward in which these reporters got the full story from both. Sam yes. did not deny a thing. He no. was like, no, I'm mad at him. Yes. And here's why. <laughs> yeah. Then they go up to Pedersen and he's like, yeah, I got slapped. And you know why? It was over fantasy football. And he said... 
Bam texted the group like, hey, man, that wasn't cool what you said. Mm-hmm. And Pedersen responds and reads the text to the reporters that was, you know, like oh, a text yeah. that seemed normal to me. Right. It was like, hey, sorry, I was just trying to make a joke. I didn't mean anything. That's yeah. a paraphrase. But the apology was not accepted. It was not. <laughs> and it's just such a great story. I mean, it, like you said, the quintessential men having beef over something stupid. Yes. And having it boil over. One thing that might be different than, say, our fantasy football leagues that you and I are involved in, I feel like the money number was a little bit higher. Right. My $50 is there, like $50,000. Yes. <laughs> One time I did a $100 buy-in, so watch out. <laughs> Coming up next, though, Jamie was able to speak with the Indy 500 winner Marcus Erickson. We're going to have that interview and much more Coming up for you next on the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome to the Memorial Day edition of the WJR Sportsbook. I'm Matt Lornick alongside Jamie Edmonds. And coming up this weekend, I think one of the more exciting events in Detroit, the Detroit Grand Prix. Yes. The last time on Belle Isle. Correct. Really looking forward to when it moves back to the city streets. That'll be cool. I think that'll be something that, honestly, I mean, in my lifetime, I've never seen. Really been old enough to experience and remember. So to see that, I think, will be will be exciting. I agree. It's my understanding that it used to be all through the streets of downtown mm-hmm. with, like, really sharp 90-degree turns and stuff. This one is more going to be on Jefferson and then down by the water and sort of coming up around. I like that. But that means the city can remain open. People can go watch. I mm-hmm. think it'll be cool. And you can pull the boats up. Correct. Because you'll be able to be on the river. Right. Watching from the water. That'll be a cool thing. I it's, do like Belle Isle, though. I do, too. I like the fountain when they jump in. Yes. It's always fun there. I mean, it's just another event that I think really gets a chance to highlight how cool the city can be. Motor City. And how about those aerials when they show Belle Isle, when you see the mm-hmm. international you know, scene yeah. of Canada and Detroit and the skyline? I think it's great. But before that, the bigger and the biggest. Greatest spectacle in racing. So they, they say, say the Indy 500 was today. Yesterday. Sorry, yesterday. My mistake. Yesterday. And again, it's so cool to be that race that happens after I agree. the Indy 500. Everybody's coming off this high and they're you know looking forward to what's coming up next. And I think it's just really cool to see how the Indy 500 can, you know, get people revved up and ready for the opportunity to come to Detroit. No pun, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Indy 500's cool. It's, as they say, the greatest spectacle in racing. I went there once. We could talk about that. But what happened yesterday was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Marcus Erickson was leading with five laps to go. go. The caution comes out. He was like, oh, no, because mm-hmm. that's how you lose the Indy 500. But he prevailed, and I got to talk to him virtually, but I got to talk to him yesterday, and he was pretty nice. Congratulations. What a finish. Um, I want to start with with five laps to go when it was yellow and then red and what was going through your mind. Yeah, it was extremely tough because I thought I had the race won at that point. It was just trying to count down laps. And I knew the only thing that could, you know, change that was a caution. And then, of course, that caution came with only five to go to sit there in pit lane, waiting knowing that you're so close to winning the biggest race in the world was really, really tough. And yeah, it was some long minutes there sitting and waiting, but I managed to refocus and put a plan in my head how I wanted to to, to do the end of the race and uh, managed to pull it off. 
How do you refocus? I mean, if you're sitting there and you're nervous that you're not going to win this race, I mean, you can't like put your AirPods in and listen to a song. No, but I had really good support there from my uh, strategist, Mike O'Gara and, and engineer Brad Goldberg. They came on the radio and sort of say, said some supporting words and, you know, like, you got this, you, you know, you're fast, you, you know what to do here. And then they were helping me keep calm and focused. So uh, that definitely helped me be able to pull it off. How did the milk taste? And do you like milk usually? Uh, the milk tastes amazing. Uh, I don't usually drink that much milk, but uh, today it was uh, amazing, incredible. <laughs> Second Swede to win this thing, right? Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. All right. So are you getting a lot of texts and calls? And were they watching in Sweden? I don't have my phone yet, so I don't know. But I'm, I'm assuming it's pretty crazy back home in Sweden at the moment. What happens right after our, the broadcast goes off? I mean, what have you been doing all this time? Media and uh, media and media. So, yeah, it's been full on since the checkered flag, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, it's the biggest race in the world. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. It feels good. <laughs> what about Chip Ganassi? He was on the elevator ride going up with you. It's been a while since Chip Ganassi Racing has won this race. I mean, what kind of relationship do you have with him and how excited is he? Oh, he's he's so happy and you know this is the biggest race and the race he wants to win and like you said it's been 10 years since he won here which is incredible to think about because he always put good race cars here but it's that's the thing with this race is so many things that has to go right for you to win and uh, so yeah i'm re really really happy for him you know we had such a strong month we had five really good cars and drivers that could win this race today and uh really really happy to to deliver that uh, win for for ship that was going to be my next question. There were a bunch of Chip Ganassi race car drivers who could have won this thing. And maybe you weren't talked about as much as them, but here you are. I mean, were you sort of under the radar? I guess I, guess I was, you know, it was uh, more focused on my teammates, I guess. But um, that was not a problem for me. You know, I, I did uh, the whole month uh, building up to the race day and I knew I was going to have a really good car today. So, uh, yeah, I had the plan in my head how to do it. And uh didn't mind being a bit under the radar. I think that was good and we could pounce today. I talked to you at the fountain at Belle Isle last year because you won here. Now you've won the greatest spectacle in racing and now you come back here. Do you think you could do it again here? Definitely. Detroit is like my favorite uh, track of the calendar. You know, I had my first podium in IndyCar there, my first win in IndyCar in Detroit. So it's a track I've always gone extremely well at. So Coming off this win and the confidence I get from this, i definitely going to go for uh, for back-to-back -back wins. Now that you're going to be done with media fairly soon, how are you going to celebrate? I swear that's the very last question. I have all my family here, my girlfriend, my sponsors. So it's going to be a big, uh, big, uh, good celebration dinner tonight. All right, good. Congratulations. I'll see you here in Detroit. Thank you. Looking forward to it. How about that? Amazing. These race car drivers are so nice. Yes. He's great. He sounds like it. And yeah. there's nothing better than hearing someone say how much they love coming here, racing here, the joy that he has and the special place that the city will really for him always have.
because where he won first, you know, his first ever win. Yeah, I mean, he's just won the Indy 500, and I'm asking him about Detroit, and I believe him when he answered that question that I way. do, too. Yeah. The one thing I don't believe him with is when he's very coy about, oh, we're going to go out and have a celebration. Just tell me what's happening. We're going to go I out. I saw on social media. We're there hammered. were drinks. Yeah. There were friends, and he deserves it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Don't need to be coy, though. You've just won the greatest, <laughs> you know, the biggest race ever. Tell yeah. us what's going down. But our producer, Nick, has actually been to the Indy 500. Tell us, Nick. Nick, what's that uh, like? Jamie, and you said you've been too, right? I've been not for the actual race, but to do some uh, media stuff. So I've been in Gasoline Alley, and I've talked to the drivers and been on their buses and stuff, but not for the race. So it was like my first race car uh, event ever, whatever, uh, NASCAR, IndyCar, anything. And the infield at Indy is incredible. Like there's raves going on in one <laughs> corner, and Amazing. there's a a massive party in the east side and the west side is like a different kind of vibe and i, I had, had no idea what to expect and it is like the biggest place you'll ever see it, it the, is the, the land is huge water. there's a golf course right yeah mm -hmm. it's huge a golf and course in the infield because that'd be cool it's just a huge complex yeah. that when you're driving down the road of this like city, it doesn't seem that big. And then you turn in under the stands and it's huge. It opens up. Wow. I think everyone has to go. It, it, I mean, it's mind blowing how big it was. I was and, just and how many people fit in there. Yeah. 300,000, you guys. That's insane. I mean, to think about that, that is massive. 300,000, put it in the perspective of what we know. That's three big houses. Right. Yeah. And I think I was at the Insane. hottest Indy 500 ever. <laughs> I was at like turn three. And I think like the track measured at like 130 degrees. Wow. And it was 100 degrees. I mean, just in the air. It I was, mean, it was you couldn't hot. probably follow the race from there, right? I mean, you see them zoom by, but that's it. No, yeah. No, you can't really follow the race other than like just watching the leaderboard on the on the, on the the screen. But now, Nick, it, you... I mean, you mentioned that it's something that you think everybody should go to at least once. Is there yeah. any other event, sporting event, that is on that list of you got to go at least once? Great question. I mean, not that I've been to. Uh, the one that comes to mind, I think, would be Wimbledon. As far as, like, the, the big events and, and like, the, the prestige of it and... That would probably be number, my number two. What we did not you? talk about this pre-show, so mm -hmm. I might change my answer like down the road. But the first thing that came to mind was the Masters. I would oh, agree yeah. with that. Uh, I would love too. to go to the Masters. Unfortunately, it's not an open ticket, right? It's No, not. I have applied every single year of my life, and so far I have not gotten a ticket. I had a friend who got tickets this year and went. And oh. he went on, he was able to go. It was on, I think, one of the practice days. So still. it was still, it was, you still got to go. And it's still the crazy he says that the people who run the masters should run the country because <laughs> apparently the organization the just the level of service that you get going to the masters is heads and shoulders above anything he's ever been to all right well then my answer i stick him with my so answer I, I think that's a good i think that's a good answer then the masters but if you want to comment and you want to let us know what you think your must go to sports event is because right now indycar's out there the Indy 500, and the Masters is currently on our list. And I would say, I'll just throw it out there, I think you need to at least go once to the big house to see Michigan play Ohio State. Sure. That's, that's, that's on, a good one, too. That's, I don't care whether you're a fan of either team or not, that sporting event 
is always insane. Maybe Yankees, Red Sox. I don't know. Ooh, another good one. Yeah. See, man, we're going to have to think during the break. There's too many. <laughs> too many. Yeah, it has to be. Exactly. Fenway Park. Yeah. But see, now that we're thinking about it, now I got so many more. But I know I know we need a break, though. Parson's going to get mad at me. <laughs> so that's coming up next on the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to the WJR Sportsbook. Alongside Jamie Edmonds, I'm Matt Lornick. And going off what we asked last segment about must-see sporting events, Greg from Shelby Township, he's on the line. He's got an answer for us. Mr. P, what do you think? Hey, you guys, thanks for taking my call, and that's such a great question. For me, it's a matter of who's playing. LeBron, Rafael Nadal, um, uh, Tiger Woods, but arguably the biggest spectacle that everyone should see would be the Super Bowl. It's an event that is beyond a sporting event. It is something so broad in scope that it becomes a holiday. That is, that's, you know, and again, it's who you like. And real quick, Jamie, you're doing a fantastic job on Channel 4. And, Thank you. Uh, love watching you. And uh, you guys, uh, hopefully, someone said you shouldn't say to have a happy, uh, hopefully you had a happy Memorial Day because it should be somber because of the people that died for us. But hopefully you remember the reason for the season. And uh, God bless you all, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Mr. Positive. Thank you. That was the first ever call in my radio life, and it was a pleasant one. (laughs) Told you it's not that bad, especially (laughs) when you got Mr. P. Mr. P. Yeah. He's right, though. That's a huge event. It is. And I wasn't. I mean, I was here in Detroit when we hosted the Super Bowl, but I was, I mean, it really, to me at that point, I wasn't old enough to like be able to even work it or like, I had friends that did that Mm -hmm. worked it and, you know, they got hired in to do vending for it. And so they got to at least be in the stadium, but I don't know. For me, it's weird that the Super Bowl is not higher on my list. Let's add a caveat then. Like maybe your team winning the Super Bowl would be... The if, event to be at. If the Lions won the Super Bowl, man. Oh, my gosh. This city would just it would burn. shut down. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would be everything. It would the, be everything. The Super Bowl is a, great, is a great one. It is. It is. Now, I mean, then add World Series, maybe? That's what I mean. But the problem is, is the World Series is so long. You know, it's, it's multiple games. A clinching game World Series? Yeah. I could definitely see that. That would be, I mean, that would be huge. Unless you're talking about, like, geographic locations then when you say pet fenway then you say yeah but then i would also say i want to go like see golf be played at pebble beach oh my gosh i've been to pebble beach amazing oh so jealous (laughs) that i mean it looks again it looks amazing it is as advertised so i can only imagine in person darn cool ah all right i would say though we're talking lions super bowl maybe some point in our lives hopefully but I think the Detroit team that's closest is the Red Wings. Okay. To getting anywhere near championship status. Okay. I got to think they're ahead of the Tigers and Pistons. We know they're ahead of the Lions. And now there's talk that Steve Eisenman is making moves to have Barry Trotz be the next potential head coach of the Red Wings. Okay. I think Your that thought. is too aggressive. I think okay. he made a call. And it's not as serious as everybody's saying? I think he reached out. Okay. And that's it. Does Barry Trotz, who's won a Stanley Cup, Mm -hmm. 
who usually goes to teams who are primed and ready for another win. Correct. Come here when the Red Wings are still sort of rebuilding. That's a great point. I don't know. I don't either. Does he want a project? Is it going to be much of a project that he would have to do or that Steve Eiserman's kind of saying, look, I'll put all these pieces together. You just need to trust me. You show up. You say the right things. You put these pieces in the right position and it'll all work out. Well, Eiserman, when he had that press conference at the end of the season when Jeff Blaschel was let go, said this was not all Jeff Blaschel's fault. The no. defense was terrible. Mm-hmm. And it's up to him to bring in some defensive players that are going to work. Right. So... If Steve can do that, which we know he can, look at Tampa Bay trying to three-peat right now. Right. Then does Barry Trotz come? I mean, Steve's a legend, so maybe he does. Yeah. And I think there is sort of that allure of Steve Eisenman, you know, I I think at least for me, all of the things that look too good to be true when Steve Eisenman's doing them, Mm -hmm. I feel like are happening. I'm looking at things happen. It's like, that shouldn't happen, but it just did. Okay. Or what? Well, I mean, and it's, this is going way back, but I was at one of the first games of the regular season, and it was when Dylan Larkin got hit into the boards, turned around, and just laid a punch right into the face. I can't remember his name. From the Rangers, though. Mm-hmm. Or, or from Tampa. Or yeah, from the Rangers. And just dropped him. And that set the tone, I think, for a team that started to show remnants of hockey from the Red Wings when I knew them back in the 1997-98 cup-winning teams. Right. Really sort of that physical mentality, Cider getting into it. Cider's great. In a lot of ways. That's a Steve Eiserman pick. And that's right. And so when things like that come to fruition so fast, Cider wasn't supposed to be that good that fast. In fact, people questioned Eiserman picking Mo Cider at that spot, yeah. if you recall. Right. Yeah. But it but he did and he stuck with his gut and it turned out to be phenomenal. Right. And I think in that mindset of are these things happening that shouldn't really be happening? I don't know. I could see Barry Trotz ending up here just because of that blind faith that I have in Steve Eiserman. Maybe the name of Steve Eiserman and what he can do is enough to bring Barry here. I, I don't know. I was shocked that the Islanders got rid of him. I am too. Like, sure, they didn't make the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. but they were really good. Yeah, and they were great last year. And I don't I mean, think they wildly underachieved. No. There were COVID issues. There were a lot of things going on this year. So... Maybe he is a blessing to have been let go in New York. I know right. a lot of other teams are calling him. Oh, too. yeah. We're not going to be the only ones. No. <laughs> no. There's plenty of people lining up for that. Yeah. But there is hockey tonight. I this I'm put this on the list. A yeah. Game seven in the NHL playoffs. Yeah. That's definitely on the list of must go to games. Yeah. We got one tonight. New and York, Carolina. We've talked about it during the break. Carolina undefeated at home. Yes. And is that going to be something where things go their way, don't go their way? Can they still keep it going and make it all the way? But I don't know that even if they make it to the next round that anybody's beating Tampa. Well, Tampa's just – are they going to win three Stanley Cups in a row? It's scary to think that they might. They might. You know – the Rangers are not afraid of Game 7, I'll Mm -mm. tell you that, because we've talked on this show how – my dad has season tickets to the Penguins. I went home for a, a couple games, and that wasn't supposed to happen. But they were on the brink of elimination three times and won. So I don't think the stage will be too big for them. No, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think the stage is too big. It's just weird when those sort of 
those random things that happen, right? In the sense that just statistics of, yeah, I mean, the home team has won every single game in this series. So like, then does this, is this the game where it switches? Exactly. This is what betting people want are figuring out. Exactly. And that's where betting people are in that mindset of, well, okay, let me take the, let me take the chance that this is, you know, not going to go the way it should. And the Rangers will win it, even though they shouldn't win it. Well, okay. They have a great goalie, the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Shesterkin mm-hmm. is, you know, a Vesna trophy candidate. He's really good. He stopped a million shots, 37 saves in game six. Mm-hmm. Rangers have that going for him. Um, Auntie Ranta of the Hurricanes was pulled in the last game. A lot of times that will spark a goalie. Mm-hmm. And he'll just come and kill it today. Right. Producer Nick, what are your thoughts? I was just looking up uh, on another topic. Ken Holland. I- I'm happy for him and the Oilers. I mean, yeah, I- I'm excited for game seven tonight. But yeah. how about the job he's done in Edmonton, bringing them to the final, the conference finals? Yeah. I mean, I was looking at their season list. They haven't, they went like through a 10 year drought of not qualifying for the playoffs, hadn't been past the first round in so long. I'm just happy for Ken Holland at Edmonton right now. Well, and Jamie and I were talking during the commercials, you know, McDavid is somebody who you watch on the Oilers. I mean, he, he takes games over. Yeah. Ken Holland is lucky to have Connor McDavid and that might be part of it. But I mean, the guy has 26 points in 12 playoff games. I mean, that's like one of the greats. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, it's two points a game roughly. Yeah. But I, too, am happy for Ken Holland because he was always nice to me when he talked to me here. He carried my camera for me once at Red Wings training camp during a live shot. He's a nice person. So when good things happen to good people, great. It's okay to be okay with that. I get that. And, yeah, he he does have McDavid, but McDavid was also there during the drought where they weren't making playoffs. So True, but he's, like, coming into his own now. Yes, yes. He's, He's a different player right now. Did Holland have something to do with Evander Kane coming to that team? I'd have to look that up because he's also been killing it. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Who was excited for Darren Helm (laughs) for (laughs) scoring and uh, the former (sighs) Red Wing taking the avalanche? I can't He was always my favorite Red Wing. Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) He's a – I mean, again, I can't be excited because it's the avalanche. I have a really hard time. Getting excited for the avalanche. So then you're rooting for Kenny Holland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Evander Kane, Jamie, uh, was brought in this season as a free agent. Well, there you go. That is so a great move by Ken, Ken Holland. Holland. Move. And sometimes it's just that, right? A change of scenery. Mm-hmm. People will say, well, he didn't do a lot of great things here in Detroit at the end of his tenure. Hung on to contracts too long. Struggled in the cap era a little bit. Right. Had a tough time figuring that out, navigating that, and and people would some point to that and say, this is the reason we were where we were. But he gets to a new place, gets to a new setting, and maybe has a better go of things. He's still a brilliant hockey mind. Yeah. And maybe a change of scenery, you know, is just what people need, i.e. Barry Trotz. Yeah, exactly. That's fingers (laughs) crossed for us. You mentioned the avalanche. Did you see the trailer for the, is it a 30 for 30 or an (gasps) E60? Yes, Rivaled uh, or unraveled? It's unrivaled. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be phenomenal. Oof. We might still have the trailer in the system. I talked about this Friday on Sports Wrap. We might have to play it again because it's. Oh my god! It's going to be so great reliving phenomenal. this rivalry. Yeah, Love I think now it. we might just have to play it again. I don't know. We'll see. But that's coming up in the fourth segment of the WJR Sportsbook.
Welcome to the WJR Sportsbook, the Memorial Day edition. Before the last break, we were talking about some NHL hockey, the playoffs going on tonight, game seven between the Rangers and the Hurricanes. And we got talking about the Red Wings. And we gotta we gotta play it. It's the trailer. If you haven't seen it yet, find it. It's all over the internet. The Red Wings Avalanche series. Like they're gonna put out a two hour series, docu-series, I guess, even. And ESPN is so good at doing this. Phenomenal at it. Mm-hmm. And they put together a two-hour, I don't even know how you put this rivalry into two hours. I was hoping it was going to be, like, two days' worth. Mm-hmm. But you got it ready over there, Parsons? All right, let's hit it. Here's the trailer for the Red Wings and Avalanche unrivaled E60 program coming out this summer. You know, obviously, a rivalry starts on the ice. But if it stays there... There's not that much to it. There's obviously a bunch of reasons why uh, this has developed into a pretty good rivalry. It seemed like he was proud of what he did, but in the end, karma's a back and hit it with everything that you got on the button. That, my friend, looking somebody in the eyes and hitting them is a call cop. Oh, we were pissed. I just thought, like, I'm f***ing grabbing somebody here and someone's getting it. There's a winner, there's a loser. You'll do whatever you have to do to be on the winner's side. Why so hateful? I would say because they're pricks. I fucking hate them. I'll always hate them. What's your favorite memory of that rivalry with the Avalanche? Beat them. Wow. I mean, yeah. Cue it, Chills. Parsons. Chills. It's it's insane. It's <sighs> it's everything that I remember growing up. It gives you chills watching this trailer. Yeah. I'm so excited. I can't wait to relive it. I can't wait to watch it. I remember having Darren McCarty on Sports Final Audition one time. I mm-hmm. think he wrote his book. That's why he was there. Yeah. And my favorite part was when he picked up Chris Draper from the hospital. Yes. He says they did not discuss this in the car. The one thing he said to him was, I'll take care of it. <laughs> that, I mean, that just gave me chills. You tell him I that story. I will take care of it. Something like that. One sentence. Yeah. And then he took care of it. I mean. In 1997. All of the stories that go along with it that we've had the privilege of hearing because of where we live and because of obviously the market that we're in, right? You know, all the stories of, you know, the guys really not knowing how bad Chris Draper was actually hurt Mm -hmm. until they got on the plane getting ready to come home and then saw how bad he was hurt. 
And all of them basically saying, I wish we hadn't shaken, I know, I wouldn't have shaken their hands. Right. I can't believe we went through that line and shook hands with these guys after what they did. Right. And then the amount of games that Claude Lemieux just happened to not be playing. Right. Just lower body injury. Just had, right, all the time had a, right, had a lower body injury or had, you know, an undisclosed injury but was scratched from the lineup. And then, right, to finally have it all come to fruition when, they got back here in Detroit for that game in March that will live in infamy. Forever. I mean, the goalies coming out. Oh, my God. Oh, God. It was so good. And then to finish that season the way the Red Wings finished that season, hoisting the cup after all that time. Mm-hmm. And then the end, if you listen and didn't see this trailer, the end is Vladdy. Yes. Saying beat them. Yeah. And we know what happened to him after the Red Wings won. I mean, it's just so much emotion. It is. And it's it's emotion that gets you in every sort of way because you either, if you didn't live it living here, you lived it being a hockey fan if you were right. a hockey I fan. I did not grow up here. Right. I was in high school in 1997 in Pittsburgh, and I know about this. Because it was that big of a deal. Right. And I'm a huge hockey fan. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> so that helps. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, it, it is, it was, it was a rivalry like I don't think, and I mean, I've said it a few times before on the other sports show I've done, I don't know that you'll ever see a hockey rivalry like that one i don't either because there are so many free agents going back and forth and is there this i don't know allegiance yeah right like there was in 1997 Mm -hmm. i don't know and the ability to build something that can last for so long like you mentioned i don't know that that's a possibility anymore i don't know my answer is no i don't think so i would have to agree and sometimes it's sad to look and to think that you won't get to experience that again at some point and maybe you will but then watch this docu-series honestly yes documentary it's gonna be awesome what do you think is this mandatory watch for the current team at little caesars yes Does steve eiserman say we're all coming in together lucas raymond sit down yes watch this yeah <laughs> you were a baby yes Alex Nadelkovich, yeah. sit down, watch this. And they really the only person on that team that even, I mean, Dylan Larkin can talk to it, but he wasn't he wasn't old enough to remember it probably. Of course not. So, Although they've probably discussed it behind closed doors within their building, within. I, I would hope so. And I would just, but part of me too thinks about, is it one of those things where if you're Steve Eiserman, you you kind of don't want to talk. You're like, you know what, guys? Don't ask me about it. My feeling is he probably doesn't talk about it that much. And, like, ESPN really had to prod him <laughs> to sit down to talk about it. I this. bet. I bet. Because I bet that would be the question that he would get all the time. Yeah. The constant, you know, so what was it like? I right. mean, and I would, that would be my thing. I'm thinking in the mindset of a hockey player just getting drafted by the Red Wings, showing up to Little Caesars Arena, meeting Steve Eisman for the first time. How do I not ask him about that? Well, you probably do as a young, bright-eyed, budding young kid. (laughs) And he's probably like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Right, get to the locker room. You're on (laughs) the ice in 10. Right. Oh, man. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. It's going to be in June, right? Yep, comes out in June. Don't know exactly when, but comes out in June. So we'll be looking forward to that one. Uh, It's been a pleasure working with you. I I just met you today. We did. And it was a lovely hour. Thank you. I'm glad you had a great time. We got your first phone call out of the way. (laughs) It was Mr. Positive. He came through in the clutch just like we needed him to. And I'll be back Friday for Sports Wrap. And then you'll be back Monday with Steve. Correct. For another edition of the WJR Sportsbook. Everybody have a great Memorial Day. And we will talk to you later.